3: call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai,
2: there's joy in every journey.
3: The Around the NFL podcast. Walked out shirtless halfway through a podcast.
4: From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got a room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal and he's back baby Mark Sessler What's up dude Oh he's back What a treasure to return I <laughs> I imagine I imagine you went somewhere mystical somewhere deep you had conversations with villagers perhaps What was your time away like We went out of our way to stay and give you a wide berth during this time.
1: Uh, there were a couple times I looked at my phone, and there were like I had still been attached to these text threads that were, you know, exploding. But uh, I, Erica I did at one point. I know. I, 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 I probably. That was my fault. And I then do not you blame said, you. Mark her. is going to kill you. I yeah. did not come back with any aggression. I just sort of. You didn't even it, answer. I let it flow by. But uh, I did very little, to be honest. Uh, we had our kids home for spring break, but I ventured up into uh, Hollywood one evening. Oh, you went into the city. Yes. Okay, this, we, this is the wrong drop, Ricky. We need some
4: bright
5: lights, big city, but no,
1: I think it actually fits on some level. Um, <laughs> had a mystical
5: time. Had a nice time. That's good. That's a that's a mark move actually. Is to walk around the city, usually find a place where someone was killed, uh, and then do like an Instagram with the you know at magic hour. No, you're like, not the, wrong. The lights going down. It's do beautiful. You know, yeah, um, well, who can beat the LA light? The scene uh, at the end of Goodwill
4: Hunting where Chucky. Is talking to Will and he's like, you know what the best part of my day is? Those 10 seconds from my car when I get to your door and I hope that you're gone. And you never said anything. You just walked away. <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. That's not what I want. I never want you to leave. Okay. So when I do that hypothetical 10-second walk, all I'm hoping for is that you're there. Right. Though, that's the worst, the, lunch the worst worst 10 day. seconds
5: of your day is believing, oh, this is the day Mark is, is gone. Yeah. And then went to... Went to uh, the northeast to see about a girl. I have immense <laughs> from, from uh, some camp. <laughs> I have immense financial <laughs> entanglements. It's not going to be easy for me to uh,
1: to go anywhere for long. Right, you're not going to be just driving on a highway in a, a beat up
4: Pontiac with Elliot Smith playing. Not in this lifetime. Yeah.
5: La- right. He leaves a note. I gotta see about a girl, and it's like a it's a picture from camp. Uh, w- what what is it called? Happiness. Camp Happy You want the real name? Uh, yeah. of
1: that? Well, just at this, at this point, that is just the name of the camp. So that's fine. We
4: did. There were a few um, photos of Mark as a 19 year old or a 16 year old on the gram and and Twitter. And sometimes I'm like, uh oh, what's going on there? But in this case, again, I just let it fly. So oh, I let- think you
1: did comment. Uh oh. <laughs>
3: you also used to hit me up when you'd be in Hollywood or West Hollywood, and I my phone was silent. Ew.
1: Uh, not intentionally. I wasn't trying to ghost you or anything. I just thought maybe you're so, your right. social calendar is very busy. All right. Enough interrogation of Mark. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, buddy.
4: Uh, you're a mystical man. Coming up on today's show, we continue. We had Daniel Jeremiah on the program last Thursday. Mark, while you were out, cause I know, well, I know you've listened to the show since uh, you were away, but uh, we had DJ on the show for exactly 15 minutes. That's what he gave us, and that's what we took. We t- actually took 17. That was a little...
1: Stick it to him a little bit. He uh well that's why was it so rule oriented? Just because he's so, he's so he's busy. so busy. Right? But it was us. good. It was yeah. a good seventeen. Yeah.
4: And now today we have uh Josh Norris, uh, formerly of Rota World now with the underdog network, and he is one of the top dudes in the game in the mock draft game for the draft because I mean, I'll get to it a little bit later, but he is, Greg, statistically the greatest mock drafter of all time. So we're like, oh, that's the dude to get on the show.
5: Yeah, used to work with him at, at Road World. Uh, but he hit what I believe was the yeah the most accurate mock of all time was a year ago. And what he's done since, especially in this draft season, is just spike the football endlessly and remind people that he's the defending champion. As you so should. He, take, he takes it very serious. He hit 16 out of 32 first round picks last year. I mean, I've uh,
1: succeeded with my mock draft at times where I've, you know, superseded some of the industry right. They don't put me in that statistical study. Right. Um, but I think I was bragging when I got like three. Right. So 16 is um, from another place. You, is there a Mark Sessler mock draft coming this year? It is coming back. Um, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be the whole first round, but then I'm going to have an extra 10. Right. Locks uh, that go from rounds two through seven, like targeted two-team, player two-team, locks. Ten and also,
4: it, this will be offline. This will be maybe on your IG stories, or you could find it somewhere else uh, in the uh, sports landscape.
1: Our employer has little interest. Uh, I, little would be strong. There's There's been no discussion for the eighth year in a row about that.
4: No, I brought it up to Greg privately. I was like, oh, we can get the Mark Sessler mock draft back as a segment. And Greg was like, ooh. <laughs>
1: Oh, so it's not even appearing on this vehicle. That's right. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> we got to plan out next week. We forgot about that. <laughs> A lot of buzz. All right.
4: We got so much to get to. Let's start. But I'm happy. Like I said, Chucky he didn't want to see Will. I want you to stay right here.
5: I think that for similar reasons, but yes, I right. just, yeah. Well, it's it's that friendship I think was like Giving and um, selfless, whereas Dan's is possessive, you know, and <laughs> selfish. So He wants you for his right. um, interests, and that's this show. Well, different it needs. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't fly without you.
1: Different people, different needs. You've
5: accurately uh, nailed that one, Greg. <laughs> All right, let's do some
4: news.
3: With the 51st pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the New York JETS Jets select quarterback Christian
4: Hackenberg, Penn State... You know, there was a news item last year. I thought it'd be a little fun as we get closer to the draft to use our news drop to hit on some famous. And in that case, with Christian Hackenberg, infamous draft picks of the last 10 years or so. There was a report recently I'm trying to remember who it came from. Mike Sando, maybe um, that players you know don't want to go to the Jets right now. The uh, Free agents. And they've tried and they've tried and they've tried. And that's what happens when you suck for an entire generation. When you suck for if you are a 20, if you're a 24 year old NFL young star, 25 year old, and the Jets sucked from age 25 to like age 10, that kind of creates a culture around your organization. You got to dig out at some point. The Browns are an exa- another example that they had to deal with that for a long time as well. That's changing, I think. But
1: they're buying their way back. I mean, that's the other way you can do it, I guess. Right. All right. Christian
4: Hackberg never played a snap. Second round pick. Does
1: he in one of those other leagues now?
4: Like USFL started?
1: He- I watched a little USFL. I did not see his name
5: um, I don't mentioned. think he's there. No. I can't remember a pick that was so universally accepted as over the second it was made, and that was right. Like, you know, conventional wisdom sometimes is right. Yeah,
4: in that case it was. All right, let's
5: get into the
4: news. So, big wide receiver. Offseason. Huge trades, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, huge contracts are being handed out, and the agents of the players, other star wide receivers, are, have taken note and they are strategizing. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Samuel of the Niners, A.J. Brown of the Titans, Terry McLaurin of the Commanders, are all skipping offseason workouts. They want new deals. These are all second round picks and McLaurin's case, a third round pick that are playing for relative peanuts and they are performing as star players. Uh, in the case of Debo, and you could argue A.J. Brown, superstars. So you have a situation now where what's happening, Greg, around the landscape of the league is creating a domino effect, and it makes you wonder two things. One, uh, is this become a summer-long situation with these teams and their stars? And two, could this lead to one of these
5: players being moved, as has happened so often this past couple of months? They're using whatever they can right now, which isn't much – To create some sort of leverage. I think all these teams are interested in re-signing these players. Terry McLaurin is showing up for workouts, Uh, we should um, clarify, but he's not going to do any on-field work. We're not even at He's there. He's going to be there. Because he's a, quote,
4: leader, according to Adam Schefter,
5: but he's not working out. What does that even mean? I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying that's the reporting. Right, he's not going to go on the field, but maybe he'll do some some weightlifting and whatnot. Most of the leader te- these teams aren't uh, <laughs> aren't working out on the field yet. Anyways, Debo Samuel said he received death threats and a bunch of racist messages on his Instagram when he took the 49ers uh, team logo and stuff off of his Instagram because he wants more money. So this is like, oh my god, it's not um, on, guys. it's not good. altogether. together. I also don't think uh, there's much risk of these guys not getting new contracts, but this is just sort of what you do. And wake me up in training camp, basically, with all three of these.
1: I'm with you. Ron Rivera came out very strong early in the offseason on Terry McLaurin being a priority for the team. I buy it. John Robinson, Mike Vrabel have said the same about A.J. Brown. and they have a, They're have. they a team that has to start looking at their offensive roster a little bit differently if you're getting into the later stages of Derrick Henry. I, I believe that, that they would have the second-least cap space in the league, but that doesn't bug me. I think we'll figure that out. Debo Samuel, I just would like look at the way that in Kyle Shanahan's offense, that when he finds the right pieces... Kyle checked two contracts. George Kittle got paid. You think they're going to not pay Debo Samuel? It just seems absurd
5: to me. It's just going to happen. The, the weird thing is that the agents are going out of their way to kind of make this an issue now, but players never get paid now entering their fourth year. They often get paid... Uh, before their fourth season, and that's in the post-draft period. Just because teams haven't gotten to that stuff now, which is all the more reason why I don't think this is a a big deal. All three of these players don't have fifth-year options because they weren't drafted in the first round. I mean, they they've all famously fell in an unbelievable draft in which the New England Patriots selected Nikhil Harry in the first round. Just uh, pointing that out. A little similar body type to A.J. Brown. So it's going to happen, but it would be totally surprising if it happened at this point of the year. It's a, It's similar with Kyler Murray. I think that situation is different. But it, these contracts never happen at this time of year for these types. Of and
4: boys. I would say I, I can't imagine it either, Mark, with Debo Samuels, that example. But I could have never imagined the Packers giving Aaron Rodgers all that money and then trading Devontae Adams. Uh, that, that stunned me. So I'm like, if that can happen, any team could talk itself into a reason why they should trade a guy. And, you know, save a ton of money and take draft picks on that. There's two sides of that coin.
5: Right. One one reason you would want to put start putting this message out here now is it's possible, at least other teams jump in or are speaking to the agent, even though that's, against the rules, that essentially the, these players could know what type of contract that they could get from another team, and another team might even be offering draft picks leading up to the draft, and that like sets a price, and it just moves the whole thing along. But it really seems like all three of these guys are gonna stay with their teams because their teams know how good they are. Right. I'm just trying to
1: imagine a scenario where Kyle Shanahan, in the same you know soliloquy, tells us that we're moving on from Debo Samuel, but we're also gonna tell Trey Lance he's the starter come week <laughs> one. Because if you, the one thing they have the least cap space in the league, and I know that no one cares about that stuff, but if you move Jimmy G or you cut him, it opens up 25 million space right. there you so go like you can pay
5: 25 and not pay right debo samuel 2025 20, everyone going crazy with like oh they're paying all this so much money to these guys the all the salary cap is going up but like they can figure it out don't feel bad for them
1: aj brown is making uh barely more money than byron pringle so i understand why these guys are sure. agitated makes sense now do the teams blink and pay them we'll see they will the
4: browns dude they're paying they sent out a uh, industry-shaking uh, contract uh, to Deshaun Watson, and now they've signed cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year, $100.5 million contract extension. It includes over $71 million, guaranteed, makes him the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history. 25 years old before the season starts. He'll turn uh, the fourth overall pick in 2018, taking three picks after Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mark A, where are you as a Browns person? B, what do you think <laughs> about this deal?
1: I uh, have not changed my stance on the Browns. If, if anything, my interest in them just fades Whoa. into the distance. Uh I think this is this is kind of crazy because we'll th- I, like, I think Denzel Ward is worth the money. He he is in all metrics-wise, like the cornerbacks get paid, and he's this is I have no problem with the idea of it, but if you look at their cap space next year. They have 29 million wrapped up in Miles Garrett, 23 in Amari Cooper. He could be gone. We never know. Whatever Ward's deal is, and 54 in Deshaun Deshaun Watson. That's 102 million in three players in guaranteed money. I think, if anything, because one thing we heard from the owners' meetings is that the Haslam family and Andrew Barry on down have annoyed the league beyond comprehension. It's not this contract as much They're as the, the, the Watson
5: one, but I mean, it's changing the game to some degree. But this one might a little. And to that I say, wow, wow! Like, well, uh, this one's not it's offensive. Like, oh, it's like the Browns are playing too much guaranteed money to to these players. It's making us actually have to pay a contract like every other sports league has to. Like these owners who fail upwards like continually when they own these teams. Many of them go through. Problem after problem, including uh, the Browns owner, off the field and on the field, in terms of the the coaches. No, he's that been shiny. And, there's been no and issue. and yet, like they they dare to complain that they are in a system that's totally rigged for them to succeed at every single level, especially with the salary cap. The salary cap's not going away. They're ultimately going to only pay to the salary cap. You could argue whether Denzel Ward is worth that much or not. I don't think there's much of an argument. The five for a hundred extension actually seems kind of reasonable at some point. If Denzel Ward is as good as we think he's going to be, he's going to be upset three years into it that he's way too underpaid. I don't think... it, they're just trading guaranteed money for being able to control that cap hit. It won't be that high because it's a six-year deal. They can spread it around. They can change it all around. They can do that with Watson a little but, bit what too. What about
1: but I? But I when I look at teams, if you look at certain teams where you've got fifty plus wrapped up in your
5: quarterback and thirty in your pass rusher. It creates issues. Right, but when it's a six-year contract, which this is, it's a five-year extension off the one they had now. They never mentioned that first. It's not really Ward, though. It's It's the rest of the team. You shuffle that money around and start giving them guarantees, and that's how you play the salary cap game, unless you're a cheap owner that doesn't want to be paying to the cap and doing everything you can to The waves
4: of the Watson deal will be shown with the quarterbacks to come. The Justin Herberts of the world that because what they've done here and again, this is citing the person I spoke to about this, they've created they're creating a competitive advantage to the owners that are able to give out that amount of guaranteed money or willing to. And if you're not you're going to get left behind. Great. But that's not good for the game. It's not good for the sport. If you're going to have that's that's essentially putting in things like a salary owners cap. out of there. I think it'd be great. But they're not going anywhere because they're still going to be making a lot of money. And there's and the fans are the ones that are going to lose. That That's to me, the the concern I have as a football fan, that the changing structures and the ownership and how this is all going to play out could ent- end up leading to a upper class of NFL teams that are willing to pay that money and a lower class that are willing to just take the money that comes in for being an owner, like happens in Major League Baseball all the time now. Teams don't compete, but they don't care because they st- still make money off TV deals and this and that and sharing ticket but the, revenue. But is- the
5: money's guaranteed here for these owners in the NFL, that TV money, the, the supposedly the deal that they're reportedly going to do with Apple to do Sunday ticket, like that $2.5 billion. Everyone gets that money. So they're going to have plenty of money. I would argue, like, we're already at that point. Teams like the Cowboys... I believe, and I would throw the Eagles in there. There's a lot, but the teams that essentially haven't been rolling all this cap space over, the Saints do everything they can to spend all the money they can. They've already had an advantage. The Cowboys have had a huge advantage over the last 20 years. They've been spending a lot more cash than a lot of other teams, and I think that continues, and I... I have no sympathy for the owners who can't All right, well, keep up. right, let's be careful with how you put that. I don't have
4: sympathy for the owners.
5: Right. I have sympathy for the fans that there could be a creative like a, a
4: competitive disadvantage with cheap owners and rich owners that are willing to spend money. I just think it could be bad for the sport. Well, and I, that's the concern. I, I, I
1: will watch what happens with the Bengals when Joe Burrow wants this kind of money because they're a, they're they're a, a team right now that could
5: not do that. I I'll, guess my thing too yeah. is like the the players that are getting the guaranteed money, first of all, the teams absolutely have that money. And these are only the top, top, top players. Like, these are owners who are just cashing paychecks who are somehow saying, like, well, we can't pay the greatest of our players guaranteed money. If they made, if they, if for some reason they woke up tomorrow and they had to pay only guaranteed contracts, they would all be able to do it. They would all be fine.
1: Well, they, you don't they, know that. I'm not, I'm saying how, but what? then also Devontae Adams, Tyree Killer moved. It's it's something we're, we're going
4: to see how it plays out. It it has something to do with the money when you guarantee money has to be put aside in escrow. There ha- there's a whole thing financial side of this story that the Browns move has unlocked, and I I just wonder what that I, I you Joe Burrow Justin Herbert those are two names that I think of uh, ownership that is either cheap or ownership that doesn't have a lot of money compared to these other owners. What does that mean for? Bengals fans and Chargers fans in a couple of years. It's on the
1: radar. Why did Wes walk away from the Bengals? Many reasons, but I mean, but yeah. ownership and the whole structure sure. of that—you know, handing not handing it down to your I son.
5: Just, I just feel like with the way the cap space is going up and all these TV deals and what's happening with the NFL, they're all so obscenely wealthy. It's good business being <laughs> that, an owner. That in the like NFL. it. I just don't buy that. Yeah, there are some that can spend more than others, and they've already been doing that, but I just don't buy that they'll be in trouble. All right, let's uh, hit a couple things here before we get to our friend Josh Norris. Uh, Rap
4: Sheet had this. Also, Mary Kay Cabot, uh, that the Panthers are the leaders in the clubhouse for Baker Mayfield. This kind of popped up Uh, Friday afternoon, Greg got me nervous when we uh, already had taped our Friday TV show Uh, and you were uh, driving to Vegas. But it all worked out. No no deal happened.
5: I wonder, like... Well, I didn't know that we weren't supposed to go until... It, until that morning when we, I was leaving the building and at that point it's
4: like Dan you're going to have to come back and Mark and you're like in the Mo- Mojave desert
5: so <laughs> at, at that point and the <laughs> kids and uh Emiko were going to the BTS show at Allegiant Stadium and we were getting in that car I was not going to wait hey, for that I'm not I'm not uh, judging you for that that was the right play but it almost <laughs> got me nervous but
4: the Athletics Joe Person also reported that Baker Mayfield is quote not the only guy on the list for the Panthers. I'm wondering, uh, Mark, what, <laughs> why would the Panthers at this point or anyone go trade for Baker now? would it just wait till after the draft and yes, see how things? Yes, I, I
1: don't. I I get that there may be you know interest. I would say this is probably a Baker Mayfield camp push um, more than it is the Panthers telling everyone how much we want Baker Mayfield, who has the exact same 18 million dollar cap hit as Sam Darnold. The Browns would have to take. I think, a big chunk of that money to move no matter what. But I don't know why you wouldn't just wait... Until after the first round, if you're the Panthers and a quarter, I, I don't get the sense that they're in love with a draftable quarterback right now. But let's say someone falls to them, you have got a guy you can bring in on a rookie contract, and you don't go for Baker Mayfield. If you're out of luck or you're waiting, to try to get him later, and you're at, and you're sitting there with Sam Darnold, maybe to save jobs, you try to get someone. But I but I can't find anything more depressing Sam than Donald. him versus Baker Mayfield in a quarterback competition on the Panthers. After we both thought, Dan, that they would save our friends. Well, it's, mm. It tells you. Times a flat circle. Well, don't get me. too high, Whoever you are, with this draft coming up, chill a little bit. The, the, right. Most imagine of these scenarios if, turn. Imagine evil. if
5: Sam Darnold was in this draft. He would be the best player so would Baker Mayfield, like by leaps and leaps and bounds in terms of as a prospect when when he was coming out. I mean, Baker we, Mayfield would whip Sam Darnold's butt in a cam competition, first J- of all. Josh is a, a Carolina fan, a Carolina native. Josh Norris is coming on, so maybe we should ask him. But he's got a pretty strong theory about what the Panthers are going to do. And I think to your point, why give away that they're not going to draft a quarterback uh, by getting Baker Mayfield now? Wait, you know, wait, even if they're not drafting a quarterback, wait until that happens and i i agree what does that mean leader in the clubhouse like what they offered a sixth or they said mate will probably offer a sixth if we don't take a quarterback uh or willing to pay his money i think it'll happen day two of the draft. there is no clubhouse in that scenario
4: also i uh we don't need to even go down this road because it's over but uh i think if you would have put sam darnold on those browns team he would have had some success and wouldn't be so easy to tell who's the better player
1: I disagree. Yes. but uh, but that's that's a I t- a an old conversation. More. I know. Well,
4: everyone is in agreement that Darnold can't play now. But look where he went last year. Also, he still has never really gotten a chance.
1: Right, it was, but, like, the, but I'm not.
4: I'm not saying he's a player. But Baker had a way better you, setup in Cleveland than did, Darnold ever has.
5: I can. I think at some point you can watch 3,000, 4,000 snaps and know if that guy can play or not. It's like Teddy Bridgewater was in that same situation as Sam Darnold the year before. It looked a lot different. And, it, and no one is banging the draw other than me that Teddy is like some great starter. Like, it looked a lot different. I, I don't I know. I think
1: Darnold yeah. is someone that the draft community, a big chunk of them, latched onto him hard. And they have. it's been hard for people to let go of the idea that he isn't still Can't a play. starting quarterback at some
4: point. We shall see because I believe they will end up fighting each other. It's going to be (laughs) Greek tragedy. All right, moving on. Time for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, Stefan Gilmore, former graybeard. Well, always a graybeard. He has now found a real team. It is the Indianapolis Colts who come to terms on a contract agreement. With the veteran cornerback, former Defensive Player of the Year, the deal is worth around $23 million. It's a two-year contract. Uh, this was a secondary, uh, Greg, that graded out well last year uh, on PFF, for instance. Uh, but certainly, Gilmore provides a shot in the arm. Even at age 31, he remains a guy that is more than capable.
5: And they sent Rakia Sin away, who had been playing well at the end of the year, uh, and now they replace him with... Gilmore, who eventually got his money. I mean, I'm sure at some point he thought he was going to do better than two for 23, and I think he got about 17 guaranteed, but that's about what I would have guessed he would have gotten in the first place. He's 32 years old, hasn't played much in the last two years, was solid when he played for Carolina, but barely had any games where he had more than 35 snaps, because I think he was trying to get healthy and get to the end of the season, uh, and he was on a limited snap count, so it's... a uh, It's a good move by them, and it's a reminder. I think there's a lot of free agents left, including Honey Badger, that actually are going to get pretty good contracts when they do sign. There's a decent amount of teams that have cap space left, and they realize there's no point in rolling it over every year like the Colts have done. I feel like that's a waste of resources, and teams are kind of smartening up.
1: I think Chris Ballard, this is when he has talked about wanting to attack the market for this kind of deal, this kind of player. They recruited him really hard. They view him as a huge leader. And Gus Bradley, um, it's, his, it's a Gus Bradley type of cornerback who think, I think fits in really well with Kenny Moore and the rest of the guys. Their lineup on defense, Darius Leonard, they traded for Yannick Ngokwe, DeForest Buckner, Bobby Okereke, Quiddy Pay, and you add Gilmore. I mean, this is a solid defense that I think sets up Gus Bradley to you know succeed out of the gate. I think
4: that Stephen uh, Steven Holder uh, tweeted this, um, and I agree a lot. I agree with it that Chris Ballard's good at his job. And yes, he got the. He got the Carson Wentz move wrong. There's no way around that. But I give him credit for realizing it, along with ownership, it seems, and getting out of that quickly. So they get Wentz out of the building for two third-round picks. They get Matt Ryan for just one third-round pick. They got Rakia Yassin out and got a proven edge rusher in return. And now Yassin gets replaced with a former defensive player of the year. So I think the Colts, when we had a a conversation earlier in the offseason about the Colts and where they stood, it felt like they were in really a tough spot Uh, Considering how hot they got at one point during the season, and there didn't seem a lot of, to be a lot of optimism. I don't know what Matt Ryan has left, but I think you're going to enter the season uh, with a with some optimism mm. that I wasn't expecting a, a month or six weeks ago. So I think they've had, on balance, a pretty solid
5: offseason. They so might far. not. They might not be done. They're still second in effective cap space. And like I said, I really think teams have gotten to the point where they realize rolling over all this money is just not trying hard enough. And you know who has the most cap space now in the league? Effective cap space by a decent amount? The Carolina Panthers. Can just slide in that old Baker Mayfield. You know, just slide. <laughs> I'm just saying, what is it doing for you? You got to you gotta tell all your grandchildren, oh, I had one chance at well, being a GM to to Sean or a head coach. Right, I That's, I get that's it. how this happened, I, I think, get to them. It, but it's like, it, it's not doing anything for you. You might
1: as well use it. Why not, you know, if you're the Colts, Odell Beckham, I think, still sits out there because they need a Ooh. wide receiver. They go into the draft like with that. that as a huge need.
4: Mm-hmm. That was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Before we bring in Josh Norris, did you have any takeaways, Mark? I know the USFL um, launched this weekend. I've noticed, by the way, we had Evan Silva on the show last week, and uh, he's given it the old over-established-the-run, given it the old AAF treatment, where they're all over the USFL's launch. Um, I, similarly, you were that way this weekend, as I understand.
1: I watched about about an hour of, of it total, but uh, I did notice that Pac- guys like Paxton Lynch, Um, showed up on the Michigan Panthers, and that, that Panthers team had nine fumbles in their loss, wait. There's a worse Panthers than the one that there we just is. talked about. There is. Well, at least out of the <laughs> gate. The thing, though, it, I found it fun to watch. It wasn't like awful or anything. It, it had there was some good play, some up and down moments. But they have like they'll follow. You'll like this from like from a like, they have a drone sure. kicker cam that when you kick a field goal, right. like this drone follows it towards Love the goalpost. It. It's a little bit um, nausea inducing. I think they need to work on it to some degree, but. It's watchable and it's it's I think some of these guys are going to end up in camps, obviously, because the league totally misses a developmental league. And it's a way better, a way better, I think, audition than sitting on someone's practice squad right now for some of them. But then you, but then you're getting some hot mess scenarios in there too. But like the old <laughs> New Jersey Generals, when generals. I became a fan, yes. when the USFL melted, they used to t- all the same the same names and stuff, so it's nostalgic.
5: It's strange too oh, though cuz cool. I don't know if they like it's not the same people. I don't even know if they, there's some legal thing where they might not even have permission. They're just like calling it the USFL. <laughs> well, that's <It's> like <laughs> it has nothing to do with the old thing. I want it, I want one of these to work. This doesn't seem like uh it has anything uh, set up better than the previous ones that didn't work. In fact, it, it seems uh, like it's not set up as well. The the one thing it has is broadcast uh, agreements. If it's on Fox and NBC at the same time, what? Uh, that that's kind of amazing. That's historic. All their games in the same stadium. Kind of strange. Yeah, and there was like a weather
4: delay
1: for the massive, first game. Massive. Like was one some, game, just t- one game is one game is Monday night here because right. it was
5: rocked out of existence during the weekend because of weather. Unbelievable. It's asking a lot out of. Uh, the fan base there to just go to games all the time. Get comfortable, right, guys. Well, ch- the Easter chick- Sunday
1: kickoff was in front of an essentially empty stadium, and people kind of That's came a, in for the second half. it's a tough yeah. sell.
4: And by the way, if you uh, want to learn more about the USFL, about a decade ago, um, 30 for 30, the SBN series, had a special on uh, the league called Small Potatoes. Who killed the USFL? The answer was a former president
1: yes, it was. of this
4: country. <laughs> Spoiler. But I won't let you know who it is, and it wasn't Richard Nixon. Or Gerald Ford. That, those are the hints I'll give you. Ford gets zero, look back it on not, it. It was Rutherford not Gerald Ford. Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to piece the rest of it together. That's what's happening in the news. All right, coming up next, Josh Norris talking draft after the break. A responsible break.
2: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like, literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
4: Welcome back to Around the NFL. Joining us now, former bricklayer over at RotoWorld now he's doing his own thing at the underdog Network.com. content strategy and production and one hell of a mock drafter it's josh norris what's up buddy and mark <laughs> Greg, uh
2: third time caller long time listener beautiful people so glad to join you
4: wow oh it's great to have you josh we've already at the top of the show and by the way excellent mood lighting over there at the uh underdog network with the exposed brick behind you is and that the, your house or you're at work right now
2: this is a uh, lovely brooklyn brick
4: directly oh. behind me. i mean that is american
2: it's like you're filming
1: shit. a dungeons and dragons special or something it's you, uh, intriguing. It starts like, when
4: the sun goes down mark
1: <laughs> you look like you're taking a
5: portrait um for like uh an off-broadway show that's <laughs> debuting in nashville you know, it's a, well, actually Josh Norris playing the role of Hamlet. Last thing on this, Josh, but
4: it's really it has to happen now that it's in my head. Can you do the thing where you're kind of looking into the middle distance with like a half smile? Let me make sure that this yeah. is OK. Tell
2: me if I'm off. OK. okay.
1: <laughs> I-, I love
4: this. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great podcast. That was great for audio content, <laughs> yeah, right? Great. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube, everybody. Josh, listen, you did it. You did the damn thing last year. You want to talk about brand building. You want to talk Mm. talk about establishing where you land in this uh, landscape of uh, the draft uh, mock drafters. You nailed 16 of 32 first round picks last year. And that's brilliant. The entire top 10. The the entire of course, nine
2: of ten but not appreciate ten. You. Oh, okay.
4: and that is something how is that possible? And and you wrote in a great piece where you did uh, your mock draft one 0, that you have to nail that top ten and then find quote random player and team fits from number sixteen on. So there is a strategy, and I'll also say that like I was watching your um live you know YouTube show and I liked how your process, it's logic-based, but investigative mm. in nature. you know, you, There's knowledge involved that you need, but also breadcrumbs and red string dot mm. connecting, like how you know that Ron Rivera doesn't like to leave his house. So when he does, that <laughs> matters uh, to the commander's draft board. Uh, really, bravo, Josh. Well, it's all wiretapping. That's all it is, Dan. I
2: I will add, though, and I think you know this from growing up with Jets. Mm -hmm. Mark knows this from growing up with the Browns. Like, if there's some level of cohesion in terms of decision makers on a team, like you kind of get to know their process a little bit. And, you know, when I was seven years old, the, the Panthers came to Charlotte and I just became obsessed with them. And I started to kind of figure out how they built their roster, which directions they were going with, whether it be, you know, Marty Herney. Dave Gettleman and, and now Scott Fitterer. Chief so all I Edelman. thought was, well, one, let me ask some beat writers in the top 10, but also let me find like the Josh Norses from across the other fans of those teams, mm. right? Ones Go. that are obsessed from a young age and see what they think.
5: You see how we so, got yeah, third it, person it there? The top
2: mm-hmm. nine of the top 10 picks. This is what
5: happens when you get uh, an underdog fantasy ad that uh, plays pretty often. Just saw it on NFL Network last weekend. <laughs> it's basically been going. It was sometimes on Thursday Night Football, and like it's pretty good. Josh, good play's Josh, good. getting big head here.
1: I, I do have to ask you this because the mock draft um, community, a subset of humanity, is so competitive that when you nail nine, nine out of ten picks, are you? Mm-hmm. Are there? You know, veiled threats, are there um
5: have you dodged assassination there, yeah, attempts? it sounds cat,
1: like you're a hated person a on break some through a window. Right. Silva's you know. not
5: enjoying you like celebrating <laughs> and spiking the football this whole pre-draft process season.
2: That that is true. They they think I should get rid of the bit when they just carry on bits, you know, for three years at this point. Mark, I'll I'll give you an honest <laughs> answer.
5: Um, I now work for a
2: fantasy sports company that gives away millions of dollars to people who win. Um, when I hit 16 of 32, the greatest mock draft ever of like 84 million that ever been published, <laughs> I turn to my girlfriend and and I tell her that this achievement, a lifelong dream has happened. And she asks well, what did you win then? Because you company sure. gives away mm. all this stuff. Right. Absolutely. Zero, zero dollars in my bank account mm. from all this. Of course that happens to me. I finally achieved greatness, <laughs> but you don't work for the no NFL. You could, on, with- you could be putting uh, in some you.
5: money up for this you don't work at the NFL you're not restricted like us so you could have been putting your own uh cash on the line here and you would have done well if if you had done that because that's not year.
4: what it's about Greg what it's about for Josh is the work and right. the work is yes. the reward
5: is she
1: still your girlfriend uh she's about 20 feet away from okay. me right now, yes. <laughs> so I, t- I t- you know seemed unimpressed with the feet <laughs> hey baby 16 out of 32 <laughs> Work what?
4: That well <laughs> so, what <laughs> anyway all right let's get into it uh, Greg you had a you had a idea here based off yeah uh, some over unders who provided these over unders
5: well we can go off the fan duel since that's a, okay. an official uh, sponsor of us if we want but I thought it'd be fun to go through some over unders because you're good at Josh obviously getting a feel of where these guys are going to go uh, and it'll just give us a chance to kind of talk about each one of these players w- one of the guys who I think was really noteworthy on your mock draft. Falling far was Kyle Hamilton all the way to 18. His over under now is all the way up, at least on FanDuel, to 10 and a half. hmm um, this w- was a guy
4: that was in the top five almost exclusively in the early mock right. drafter days of March.
5: Obviously, he, he struggled uh, with the 40 time and the pro day that doesn't go well. Uh, and maybe that's why we're seeing him slip in some mocks. Washington picks at 11, which is a potential landing spot, which is why that number is at 10 and a half. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? I just don't consider safety from a team's perspective,
2: like a pillar position. And this top 10 is loaded with, you know, players at those cornerstone spots, offensive tackle, pass rusher, cornerback, heck even even wide receiver. And Cal Hamilton, like you said, number 11 does make a lot of sense. But again, it's just serving where those teams and who's already on the roster and what the investments have been in the top 10 already. And I don't necessarily see it. I, I could side maybe with like, the the Minnesota Vikings if they think like their safety room is getting a little bit older I could look at but even that's, over the, the 10 and even that's right. over the Philadelphia Eagles
5: even that's over the 10 and
2: that's over to answer your question I'm 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 leaning the over on 10 and a that's nothing mm. to do with Cal Hampton as the player I think it's more of the position despite you know more and more two high shells that we hear you guys and everyone talking about all year long
5: Derwin James I went we, 17 one of the greatest safety prospects of right. all time right I I agree with you and and so
2: it, just to answer your question quickly, over ten and a half is where I'd be leading leaning. <clears throat> at the
1: moment. I, I've got to ask you because you're leading the way. I mean, we're starting to hear more buzz that Malik Willis is visiting with the Lions. Some mm-hmm. wonder if that could be their second pick or their first. He's not going to be there when they pick second, obviously. Are you looking at Malik Willis and thinking, uh, "Look at this is there's a chance?" And by second, I mean their second pick after the first round, right? Like, do, right. do you think that? you have a number two to Detroit that this is a reality that's what, becoming more and more. What is the over under
4: on Malik Willis?
2: 9.5, right
1: which feels uh, steeply uh, too rich. I think he's going before that in my book. Hmm.
2: Okay. So the more I get like diving into this and the closer we get, the more I think that like the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick number 20 is the first team to take a quarterback. Mm. And they kind of showed their hand last year with Najee Harris And that pick was, you know, solidified in stone early on. Um, I firmly, and I think you guys just finished talking about this, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo with the Panthers at number six, that seems far more likely. Maybe the Seattle Seahawks, the last time they selected, you know, near this range was pick number 15. That was a complete out of nowhere selection. And then they've done, you know, similar things throughout this time over the years. So the closer we get, the more I think that obviously with the last year, of general manager in Pittsburgh, he has viewed how he rose, how he Ozzy some, excuse me, what he did in Baltimore and said, look, he left a lasting legacy with Lamar Jackson and his quarterback. I want to do that here with Mitch Trubisky and then the rookie quarterback at number 20. And that could easily be Malik Willis there at that selection.
4: Mm. You have, I like this going a little deeper into the first round with the team I think is the best team in football right now. And you're doing like your strategy. You match team needs with players on the board. There's a lot of smoke connecting the Bills to a running back. You have Brees Hall, Iowa State uh, going 25 Overall, you know, it does make me think about what was the last unstoppable offense that said, oh, let's take a luxury piece in the backfield to kind of bring this thing all together. Clyde Edwards, helaire to the Chiefs. And that hasn't quite right. worked out. But that doesn't mean that another team that has a similar ceiling can't try the same thing. The Bills, they're looking for that last piece. Where is he at? Brees Hall on this list. He's done on the FanDuel. Uh, interesting. List. So you tell us more about your thinking there.
2: It's exactly what you're saying. Dan and I think part of that is with the Clarysia layer selection at what pick thirty-two a couple of years ago. If they had just pivoted over to Jonathan Taylor, I think we'd all be praising that selection, mm. right? And so, really, these teams only have to be honest with us through their draft picks and and through their wallets. Like you, you hear this all the time when they go up there at the combine and they just lie to you over and over and over again. Oh, they yeah. just lied to you. And so, with the Bills. They paid J.D. McKissick handsomely. That was a contract that was agreed to. That is the type of of talent that I think is kind of tough to find, a a hybrid running back slash wide receiver who thrives on explosive plays and in the receiving game. And so there aren't going to be many of those in this draft class, maybe a couple later on, like James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother. But if this team wants to make a strength even stronger in the Buffalo Bills and add some true explosion on top of, you know what, some positive things they've seen a little bit at the running back spot. Brees Hall makes a ton of sense, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I would assume, Greg, that like the over under in terms of running back is is a half, right? Like you either are in a back going around one or you're not. And if one is, it's definitely going to be Brees Hall because his vision and explosive plays are, are really something special.
5: Right. I- it's still early in the in the process. There's like there's things up about first running backs being selected, th- different things like that. Can I just say, Mark and, and Josh, a little h- housekeeping here internal, but
4: we feel comfortable with you. Mark, you know the NFL has some strict, uh, you know, guardrails with what we can access inside the building. Yeah, they do. I try to access this link that has the. Uh, over-unders, and I got hit mm. with some type of firewall, and yet Greg breaks through, and again, you, it's asking questions, of so where does well, Greg factor I, I've in? I've
1: also broken through. I think you have a
5: Wi-Fi issue, Dan. That's uh, You well, need to we, be connected we were, to the wi right We were Wi-Fi here before channel. the show. We talked about I had yeah. to get off the internal one. If you sign into the guest <laughs> Wi-Fi, it works, which is crazy because <laughs> we're taking we being the NFL... Tens of millions of dollars from these companies. I'm I'd sorry, do we've show where they're, wasted they're, your time, Josh. Yeah. Josh. One little
1: note: in the old days, when you'd go to a site that was illegal on any form—not you know, gambling or beyond—inside the building, a big uh, NFL uh,
5: official would show up, blowing a whistle. <laughs> this is ac- that, that is a—that is a true story. That's a real thing. I see. I'm not. I, we can't get into this stuff, um, but if we could. Uh, if when I was in Vegas this weekend, instead of just walking mm. right past that sports book, which is what I did, right back up to the room. Good boy. proud of you, buddy. I just looked. I didn't forget it. Ignore it.
4: Doesn't
1: exist.
5: To I'm gonna you. walk the kids to BTS, and BTS. then I'm gonna walk
4: back.
1: Well, plus an NFL employee will be shot on site if you right, walk inside a sports. I, sports I, had I had forensic that I That was, like,
5: was Greg's uh, Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> I think Desmond Ritter going in the first round feels like the surest of sure things that right now has like even odds. Essentially, his over/under is the end of the first round, and I feel like the closer we get to the draft, the things that People like about Desmond Ritter um, matches up with what NFL decision makers like. Like, oh, he changed the culture. He's a winner. Like, he's impressive in the room, which is which is all great. Like that stuff matters. He he won and all that. But it also matches up with what all the tape heads love. Like, of all the guys in this draft, I think he's the guy that. Tape heads look at and say, okay, he's going through his progressions. Okay, he's showing a little bit of anticipation here. Okay, I don't know how good he's going to be, but he's athletic. So at least there's some upside there. He's an NFL quarterback. If there's one quarterback in this draft that, like we sort of know, will at least be on a contract eight years from now on a team. it's Desmond Ritter. And that's why that over for getting into the first round and, and and believing that he will get taken maybe first out of all the quarterbacks, but certainly in the top 30 seems like a very strong uh, pick to me. Do you agree?
2: And to make this a bigger point, I think because, you know, draft season starts back in December and January and a lot of these lists from really great people come out, they have, you know, rankings that really firmly set, let's say, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis above the rest. And even, heck, at the tackle spot, it's Icky Aquanu and Evan Neal above Charles Cross. Once you get to draft weekend, part of the reason we love it is because there's shock, there's awe, there's unpredictability, other than my mock draft. And then that's when all the fun <laughs> happens. And so it wouldn't be shocking to see Desmond Ritter, the first quarterback off this list. I think Matt Corral has a chance of being the first quarterback off this list. The big difference here between this group, and I'm sure you've had someone talk about this already, and other ones, is like there's no one that does everything well. You know, Dexter's inaccuracy is prevalent everywhere. Matt Mm. Corral is like a confident Marcus Mariota in terms of his RPOs and only ran about like 88 snaps of three to seven-step drops, and that's about it. Can he pick it? at the NFL level is going to have to win inside of structure, working through his progressions, but he never did that really during his time at Pittsburgh. He wanted to escape the pocket. I don't
5: get the picket love. He's DJ's favorite guy. And then
2: Malik Willis is someone who has fantastic athleticism, almost the anti Lamar Jackson in terms of loves throwing downfield and outside the numbers, but the middle of the field is like a complete blind spot. So any one of those, and I think really Greg, what it comes down to is these teams are going to fall in love with the person of one of these quarterbacks. Like, build a relationship through these last three months with one of these quarterbacks, and that's the one they want to attach them to. And Ritter, by all
5: accounts, mm. might be that one. That was, like, a long way to say, eh, you know, I'm right. not loving your theory that so, much.
2: Greg, what could go my wrong? answer to that would be, I think, like, two and a half quarterbacks is the over-under right now sure. in round one. I would, I would take the under on that.
5: Mm. Yeah, but- I think I might too, but I think I just, like, think Ritter... Ritter goes top 30, top 20. There's obviously going to be a run on wideouts once the first comes off the board.
1: Garrett Wilson, 10.5. There's obviously two great guys from Ohio State with Chris Olave, too. Is Wilson your number one guy, and does he go over under 10.5? We've got the Jets sitting there at number 10. I like you using the decimal, 10.5. I like that. Well, that's another way to state it. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. It's mathematically accurate. 10.5, <laughs> <laughs>
4: please I answer. Get
2: <laughs> Dan's thoughts here on, on, on pick 10 and really what? Is it pick four, their other first-round selection? Yes,
4: games? I think because- it's... A- I think there's a sandwich prop to be uh, laid out here that the Mm. Jets will absolutely take a wide receiver with one of those two picks because they've shown their hand throughout all their trials and tribulations in this offseason. They had a deal agreed with for Tyree kill. They definitely kicked around DK Metcalf. They this is something they've been trying to make happen and it hasn't yet. So I think this is going to be the road they go. Mm. Good logic there.
2: Also in on Calvin Ridley, potentially, Amari Cooper, they were possibly in that deal. So once again, it's the paper trail that we're following with where these teams want to invest. I think 10 at the Jets absolutely is a possibility. It wouldn't totally shock me if the Jets want to start this wide receiver run and it's the number four overall selection. The difference here, Mark, is like all these wide receivers do different stuff. And like Garrett Wilson is your true ISO ball, line you up, one-on-one wide receiver, wins with separation, creates separation, and then, you know, sustains it versus like Jamison Williams who's coming off an injury. Who's like true vertical juice speed down the field. And then you have the other Ohio state wide receiver and a few others in Drake, London, USC, so on and so forth. But yeah, I'm with you 10 and 11. I would be surprised if by that point, we don't have two wide receivers mm. off the board,
5: but 10 and a half is an interesting number there. I, I would think he might, Very. I would just say go 10. over five <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> it just would be surprising if receivers were taken before that so you're almost certainly there could be a surprise Falcons maybe
2: at 8 is the Falcons other one.
5: maybe but you're in a draft where it seems like five or six different teams might have five or six different guys as their top receiver, you're right. kind of buying in that Garrett Wilson is sort of a consensus one, which I don't think is is really the consensus. So, I would just take your chances that maybe he ends up slipping and not be that 10 pick.
4: I think it's really saucy in general, some of the dot connecting you've done here with the wide receivers because you got Jameson Williams to the Chargers at 17 and I love that. And You wrote Spicy. about him. Make a strength stronger. Mike Williams with Keenan Allen and Jamison Williams. We are on fire. And then you do the move that, you know, this was a... a it's a good dot connect because what are the Packers going to do here? You know, they just, they just went out and they got Sammy Watkins, but then a report came out that he's not even starting to make the roster. Obviously, they need more, uh, and you have them double dipping with Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. It makes sense because they have to kind of go in big here, I, f- I feel like, to justify moving Aaron Rodgers' big guy out of the room, and you have to hit on one of these guys to make them a credible Super Bowl offense.
2: So if my life is now devoted to retaining my title of mock draft stardom, mm-hmm. I have to hit on one of these wide receivers at the end of round one. And I we all firmly believe at least for one of these spots for the Packers, they will take one. So yes, you mentioned Traylon Burks at 22. And with their second first round pick, I had them taking Christian Watson coming out of, of North Dakota State. And the two are very different. I mean, Traylon Burks was kind of manufactured touch-like player. And if we're splitting Devontae Adams in half, which is a dangerous thing to do,
5: um, he Reckless. was fourth in the NFL right. in, in screens yeah, it's, last year. Frankly, and really, uh, immoral to do that. Well, it's I, so. I right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Sports don't matter that much. If, you were,
5: if you're going to split him into point five, you better realize there are some legal cuts. He has, cuts going. He has That's a true. family, Josh. Not everyone is Excuse just me. for you to play your little lab games. <laughs> so he <laughs> had a
2: lot of manufactured touches and rpos and so Traylon burks that's the area where he might shine with this offense and if we're trying to replace an mvs or a vertical playmaker with you know a lot of athleticism then christian watson who did mm. some of that manufactured touch stuff in north dakota state uh would fill that as well but then you have names like sky moore coming out of western michigan you have george pickens who really shined during his freshman year at georgia then it kind of took a downturn from there so I don't know, Greg, it's probably, what, seven, six and a half wide receivers, 6.5 coming off the board there in, in round one. Um, I'm starting to lean the over, especially with how the league... I like the the
5: over. League. DJ, liked, DJ thought that was the one thing he felt confident in, was yep. receivers just yep. going off fast and fierce, because they seem like the best players, or at least yep. and the depth of them seems like the best. Yeah, I mean, Trey burks maybe has a, a lot of Randall Cobb to him, a bigger, better version, and you're hoping, even if you take him in the first round. But that that, to me, makes sense. With the pack,
2: yeah. My, my buddy Dan Bruegler, mentioned that he played around 240 pounds last year. Right, at much bigger. So, uh, much yeah, bigger. So chis- Chiseled down about 20 pounds off of him, of us too, and we'll do much better next
1: year. It is unlikely. Let's be real here that you report to your significant other after this draft that you've nailed 16 again. Right, that would that's be, the thing.
5: If right. you're setting up that this is what you're doing, you're in trouble. So
1: I was ask you. I'm going to put your over under. At let's be <laughs> real. Thirteen and a half.
5: That's I high. I did not go point five high.
1: Well, no, but how much this is your this is your claim to fame.
4: Well, he has to bang me over because he's trying to sell subscriptions and all sorts of things. Well,
2: you know, we're just for the people. It's free content out there, Dan. I will say this. I'm going to take (laughs) it upon me like the 72 Dolphins from here on out. As long as no one breaks. Yes. 16 of 32. I have won. Because otherwise you're setting
5: yourself up for disappointment. To try to repeat as that guy is almost, it's it's almost impossible. Uh, So that's maybe part of the reason why he's been so ostentatious with his ah. bragging, he's enjoying mm. it now while he can. He knows it's it's all gonna end. It's like Miss Universe; no one cares once you get to the end of that year. Uh, well, you got to enjoy that one year too. going
4: around the world, and that's it. You're we done. won best new sports Podca- podcast for Apple in 2012. I don't think we've we've won maybe one other award since then. But you never take that away from us. We're always the best new sports See? podcast of 2012. <laughs> that's you. Like nothing could ever change that you once got <laughs> half of an entire first round right. I do want to know i'm curious because i would be the same way um i'm not saying you are but maybe you were you got (laughs) nine out of ten in the first round who is the team that banged you and that you declare vengeance upon for keeping you from going 10 for 10
2: uh last year was the denver broncos Ah. the denver broncos uh took patrick sertan and i had them taking Rashawn slater but yeah not nine of ten it really is all about and to be honest we can Open up the formula here while we're in the lab. Slater would have been lab. a nice
5: pick for them, yeah.
2: So last year's top 10 was pretty easy to pick when you consider that there was rarely any, you know, defensive players considered as high draft prospects. And if they were going to be, it was going to be only two cornerbacks. So you basically had five quarterbacks to choose from, three wide receivers to choose from, two offensive tackles, and then one random tight end, and that was it. So like the the number of picks, was basically sorting 10 of 15 players Mm -hmm. versus this year you have corners you have edge you have wide receivers you have maybe a quarterback and maybe not. So this year's just There's much no, more difficult. It's got to be a bad year for it's mock 14.
1: 14 is your number. I also, I, I wouldn't walk around demystifying what happened last season because you're taking away from your own, your own myth building. We, we don't, we'll we take wouldn't that know. Out. We'll yeah. take that out of the show. Yeah. And Thank you God. also
4: have the consensus. One and two were locked and loaded. So I'm going to keep that. I'm going to, because we'll come back to the Saturday night. I am going to set Josh's over under for 2022 at, and I wish I had the, Data for what he had the year before to as a return to the average, but I'm going to say I'm going to set it at eight and a half <laughs> to normal. Yeah, that's yeah. where I was thinking. Even
5: that, it, even eight that might be. tough. It's a
4: tough draft, and it's not a shot against you. You're obviously uh, studly in this realm, but I think it's just going to be a tough night for. Uh, the whole industry.
1: Yeah, an underwhelming selling point, though, for you. I, I tried to lift it up just to say, go out there and say you're going to do it, and no one's going to know anyway. So
5: before, before you let you go, I do want to just, a couple comments. A couple comments. <laughs> I'm just saying, Derek Stingley to the Seahawks, I, I just can see that. There's I no that. need to answer you, any of this. Yeah, this uh, is, just this is just Greg talking. Yeah, this is just me talking. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm just saying, I'm giving that an award for the best mock pick that you had. The second I saw that, I was just like, oh, yeah, that, that's such a Seahawks. Uh, type of move. Jordan Davis, you have going eight and that's the other one, even more than Ritter that to me, the over under still doesn't seem high enough. I think it's at 13 and a half right now, Josh. Yeah. Doesn't it just seem like there's no way the NFL is letting him go that far.
2: Just quickly on him. I mean, he legitimately is the most athletic prospect to ever enter the NFL ever
5: in a draft and, where yeah. no one's excited about anyone where Trayvon Walker could go one just because people are looking for a home run. So he could go top five, I feel like. Who the hell knows? And,
2: and we've seen, you know, Derek Brown go top 10. Ed Oliver go top yeah. 10. At defense stack, and Williams go top 10. I really liked a lot of those evaluations. And I understand that, you know, he played about 27 snaps per game. But if you want to acquire a talent at like six six three forty 340 of Jordan Davis, you can't sign that in free agency. This is like a new kind of prospect that we've never seen before. So I just don't understand. And maybe it happens how that falls out of the top 10 when, like you said, there's so many questions this year and it's, quote unquote, a poor draft.
5: And then you mentioned you're like Mr. Panthers expert. Um, I thought you've had a good theory about kind of what they're thinking in terms of quarter. You, you've you thought that they were maybe getting Baker this whole time and that the quarterback stuff is, is smoke. Uh, and now it's looking as we get closer like that. That seems correct. But what, why do you think that?
2: Oh, for a number of reasons. One, like that they've missed out on veterans these last two years. Like that's where they put all their eggs, right? Was a Matthew Stafford trade, a Deshaun Watson trade, heck, even hoping for Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't know how a team could bypass the evaluations of Justin Fields and Mac Jones and say, oh yeah, these guys are definitely better this year than they were last year. And when you consider that Scott Fitterer traded out during his first year as GM four times, and this year they don't have a pick in round two or round three. There and you so, go. like, having more darts, having more selections. And they're is all going to get fired
5: to if uh, they draft a rookie quarterback who can't play right away. Right. So, so we're, we, we're,
1: we're a long way from mutual disinterest. Right. I, I also, I'm wondering, like, so they're enamored with what Baker Mayfield has put on tape overall. I mean, I, I don't know if Baker Mayfield saves your job either, to be honest.
2: No, but I think this is also a, a owner that does like to put his fingerprints on things. And while the early Teddy Bridgewater experiment was supposed to be a two year plan that turned into anyone but Teddy. So we bring in Sam. And now it's turned into anyone but Sam. So now you bring in either Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's just very clear that they don't want to sit through the growing pains of whatever rookie they put in there. Mm-hmm.
5: Tough time
4: here for Panthers. And then, yep, you have it. You have them going after offensive line, which is that's kind of like a key with everything with that team. If you want any quarterback to thrive, you better do a better job up front as well. Uh, Josh, you've said it all. And and I will say this. You're predicting 14. Uh, you had 16 last year. I hope you do 16 again or higher because if you can you. if you can get to that if you can do it two years in a row you could build an entire mm. you got you could take everything behind a paywall at that point Well
5: you I just can, retire right well right. you got to cash in once yeah, at, yeah. at this yeah. point yeah you you have to demand underdog does pay you a million dollar bonus like they pay these other things you're doing the I mean I'm sure you, they're not giving you are they giving you extra for those ads that I see. That's business. We, you know, here's <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You're a, you know what it's like. You're yeah. a commercial. <laughs> you're a commercial superstar. <laughs> you're nailing these mocks. Underdog has to step to the plate. Is what I'm is I'm saying. But he needs to have 16 more. Right. They're waiting to see what he does. Right.
4: Exactly. Mm. And a, the ATN odds maker set at eight and a half. But don't take that as us doubting you. That's just some. You have to set the odds somewhere. I'm hoping you get 0.5 of the draft correct again.
2: Mark, I appreciate your optimism most of all. That's what Absolutely.
4: I'm on your side. <laughs> Josh, thank you very much, buddy. Check thank out. you, guys. Keep up the good work. See you, Josh. Thank you, buddy. And you check out Josh Norris at Josh Norris and at Underdog Fantasy. A delightful conversation. A uh, fun guy and obviously he knows his stuff. All, all kidding aside, that's really good what he did last year. And, and reading his content this year, all that kind of makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't follow logic, though, draft night, because all it takes is one team to do something
1: insane and everything gets. What if he gets like two?
5: That would be we'd have to bring him on again because that would be electric. Uh, I feel like he was like a I'm trying to remember when he started at Roto World. He definitely was one of those where He just kept emailing Evan Silva. Every day until he just like wore him down, and Evan, so you got to do like, had like was forced to hire him. I think he also. Well, That's I, a great thing to say about him after he's. No, no, I no. mean it was one of the best moves <laughs> Evan uh, ever made. He he recognized that, but it it took that sort of persistence and just like never give up. up. Don't ever give up, Mark Sessler. I also would say one other
1: thing that ten point five, when we are talking about picks in the draft, is different than points. Right. I don't call point spreads seventeen point five. That's seventeen and a half. Right. In a college wipeout type scenario, but sure. Ten point five in this, I think, is
4: is I, apt. Yeah. No. It was no. It's not wrong. It was just. It wasn't. It was a little uh, unorthodox.
1: Jarring to you. <laughs> that. But that's fine. It's good to have you back, Mark. End, it was like
4: last week was a nightmare. I was stuck with Greg all by myself. <laughs> <Not true>. like, <laughs> I had a great time last week. I'm happy to have no. this job. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. And we have one more TV show before we go on a hiatus on Friday. So if you haven't seen it yet, first of all, thanks. Yeah, good for you. Nice yeah, job on your part. That's that's cool. But you have one last chance not to disappoint us on Friday. The around the NFL broadcast on NFL Network. Check your local listings. Uh, we got a, a text, Schrager. I don't know if Schrager knows that uh, we're on California time because t- every once in a while Schrags will send a, a text at you know four in the morning. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it's nice to wake up to it. And uh, and he said, "Oh, your show is on at three a.m. today." It was, and it's Monday. For a show we taped Friday morning, a 3 a.m. air. It's, you know, it's maybe a little bit out of time
5: at that point, but
4: still, it's good to be on TV. I guess. I th- I
5: think uh, it got such a response over the weekend, just like, wow, these two guys are <laughs> hot. Let's just put them put them on nonstop until Monday. Yeah, that was. Loop it.
4: loop it, baby. All right, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Ricky. Thanks, Erica.
3: You're welcome, guys. That was great.
5: Good. I didn't you respond know, to that. It. Did you, that, learn, did that you like learn That was like bot that we're going to have to uh, create in the next <laughs> yeah. uh, little while. That here. will
4: be
1: uh, Definitely. something to work on. Um, all right. I didn't respond to that thread yet. I realized I probably should to not get back into a an awkward place uh, with Peter Schrager. I really, resp- I really respected what he wrote and uh, what he had to say. It just was early in the morning when I read it. Right.
5: Right. Right. And anyway, Mark was time. actually
1: probably awake at that time. Well I also wasn't on the I wasn't on the episode, so what well I you know, it did not involve me.
3: Maybe that's why he was watching. <laughs>
1: Ooh. Ooh. That's your Erica butt. <laughs>
4: Alright, that's it. Dan Hans is signing off for A Quiet Storm. The old boss, Ricky Hollywood. Randy Chavez. Great Digger, Sean Kelly, breakout star. of the Josh Norris. Josh Norris, of course. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Till Thursday, heed the call.